Hello, welcome to my Sober Militia podcast. Today's episode is called Cognitive Distortions. I have written about my ability to manipulate my own beliefs and experiences to suit my addictions many times. I would venture to guess most addicts have an uncanny ability to do this, which is probably one of the reasons why we remain addicts for so long. If we could only speak or hear the truth, we would never have allowed ourselves to indulge in our addictions to the extent to which we did. No, at some point we would have had to acknowledge the stupidity in our actions and forced ourselves to make a change. Instead, we used the power of manipulation to influence our own beliefs and actions. This tactic is one of many tactics employed by the addict to help us maintain and even further our addictions. While I have frequently written about this idea in reference to myself, I have never really defined what it is and how dangerous it can be, especially to an addict. I'm talking about the idea of cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions are the way we justify to ourselves something usually negative is true. These distortions are generally directly linked to something else I've written a lot about, core beliefs. We subconsciously and even consciously distort truth and reality to support false beliefs we have formed over periods of time about ourselves and the world. These distortions allow us to collect the evidence we need to justify our negative core beliefs. It sounds weird, doesn't it? To collect evidence to support negativity? But most people do this on at least some level. The addict, however, does this on almost every level. It is, after all, one of the reasons we drink. We drink to drown out the feelings of inadequacy, loneliness, fear, anxiety, loss, and a myriad of other feelings we would rather not feel. The most interesting aspect of cognitive distortions and core beliefs is how they are only a minimal part of the truth of our reality. In some cases, there is actually no truth present in them whatsoever. The obvious question then is, why do we work so hard to engage with cognitive distortions in order to support our negative core beliefs? It is a really good question, and to be honest, it is the question of the century. Answering this question appeals to our whys, which I have also written a lot about. Why do we drink? Why do we want to quit? Answers to both questions lie in our core beliefs and cognitive distortions. In order to adequately answer these questions, however, we have to be able to look past our addictions. As I have said before, the reasons we drink rarely have anything to do with alcohol. With that said, we also have to understand that we, as human beings, tend to lean toward the negative. Psychologists call it a negativity bias. We innately focus on negativity more than we do on positivity. For example, a person is generally more motivated to do something out of fear of loss than out of the joy of gain. Meaning, I'm more likely to do something if I'm afraid I will lose something else as a result of inaction. We are less motivated to do something for gain, 
I found this very interesting, but I guess perception plays a role in this as well. Nevertheless, the point is we have to be aware of our proclivity for negativity in order to adjust our focus more toward the positive. This is the only way to affect change in our core beliefs. Evolution plays a role in our negativity bias as well. Think about it. Our ancestors lived in a world of fight or flight. Each day was literally a fight for survival. In such an environment, a person did not have the luxury of positivity. In order to survive, our ancestors had to live with a constant expectation of death. It was all around them all the time. If they let their guard down, they may have starved to death, died of thirst, froze to death, or fallen victim to a predator. Positivity did not aid the survival of our ancestors. Fear and action did. With a history like this, it is no wonder we tend to lean toward the negative. Thankfully, we do not live in that world any longer. We are afforded the luxury of positivity, but there is a caveat. We have to choose to enact positivity in our lives. It is not innate, yet. Back to cognitive distortions. I have a strong belief we have an inherent ability to change our perceptions of things at will. We have the ability, but that does not mean we are enacting that ability. One way to conceptualize this is to consider what we are doing already, inherently by nature, as talked about earlier. We tend to see the negativity first. If we have a tendency to see the negative first, then that means there is always a choice. We just choose to see the negative based on our history. We develop the tendency over time and by way of repetition. Conversely, it stands to reason we can also develop a tendency to see the positive by way of repetition over time as well. In fact, one may argue we could develop positive cognitive distortions too, but they may be just as damaging. The key is to find a balance in the way we perceive the world and in the way the world actually exists. As they say, too much of anything is a bad thing. What does all of this have to do with addiction and recovery? Well, cognitive distortions are generally the negative things we do to adjust the way we see the world. So it has everything to do with where I'm going to take this blog over the next couple of weeks. There are many different forms of cognitive distortions but I will focus more on the ones I have personally used and experienced. I will share how my cognitive distortions and core beliefs negatively affected the way I felt about and saw the world. I will also share how I began to shift my focus away from the negative and more toward the positive in each scenario. Here are a couple of examples of my go-to cognitive distortions. Filtering. Focusing on the negative, see what I mean? And ignoring the positive. Confirmation bias. The tendency to find evidence that supports our own pre-existing beliefs. Polarizing. The all or no nothing way of thinking. Overgeneralization. Assumes a rule from one experience. Emotional reasoning. If I feel it, 
it must be true. In my next blog, I will write about my strongest cognitive distortion technique, filtering. It is the essence of negative core belief formation and something in which I actively participated for most of my adult life. I hope you will join me for this blog series on cognitive distortions. If you have followed my blog for any amount of time, you would know that I have a tendency to go on series of blogs that have to do with a specific area of focus, but I haven't done that for quite a while, it seems. And so when I sat down to write this blog, one of the things that started popping up in my head was this idea of cognitive distortions that I've never really written about. I've written about aspects of them because they're a very big part of core beliefs and that's something I've written a lot about. But I've never really just stopped and focused on the different ways we use cognitive distortion in our lives to basically keep us off track because it's these cognitive distortions that skew the way we see the world or see ourselves or see or feel how other people see us. And so this first blog was just kind of an, a way to let you know that this is where I'm heading and give you a little bit of a background on the idea of cognitive distortions. And there, I think, are about 15 of them. And I won't go into every one of them right now, but it's something you could definitely look up if you're interested. But I decided to focus on the ones that I personally have experienced and used in my life and still do to some extent. I don't think anybody is... Um, going through life without some cognitive distortion in the way we think. I think that would be someone who is enlightened if they were able to do that. Uh, but for me, the ones that I that, that rang the most true to me when I look back in my uh, addiction time with alcohol and nicotine and other things, there's five that really kind of stand out. And I listed them in the blog as well. But filtering is this idea of just focusing on the negative. And, and it's a funny one because even though positive things are always happening around us, when we use filtering as a distortion, what we're doing is ignoring any of those positive things that could potentially shift our perception on an event. And by doing that, we maintain our focus on the things that we think are important to us which is the negative and that's what keeps us on that negative track and if we only knew all we had to do was shift our perception and see those positive things and focus on them too and that could change the way we view the world so that's definitely one of my most used cognitive distortions confirmation bias is a interesting one too because it's kind of the opposite a little bit but we tend to find evidence and things that support what we already believe. So if we believe we are an addict, then we will consistently and constantly find information and evidence to support that fact. Or um, if I feel like I never finish anything, then I will continue to find evidence to support that too, even though there might be evidence to the contrary. 
out there, but I'm ignoring that as well. So filtering and confirmation bias, I believe, are very similar. Polarizing is definitely another one that's one of my favorites, and that's that idea of it's all or nothing. If any of you actually know me very well, you'll know that I tend to go head over into things I like to do, um, whether it's you know photography or um, writing even, or uh, I don't know, I can't think of other things right off the top of my head, but I tend to, when I get in, into something, I get passionate and excited, and I just go all or nothing. And that's just kind of how I tend to do things, but that can also be in the way we think too. And I think that can be very damaging for us, especially as addicts. Overgeneralization uh, assumes a rule from one experience. So we experience something one time and then we tend to think that is the way it is. So if we fail, then we think we're failures. Or if uh, somebody does something to us, then we think that's the norm of how people treat us, that kind of a thing. And then emotional reasoning basically means if I feel it, it must be true. And that's kind of obvious. So I'm going to focus on those five. And like I said, I think there's like 15 of them out there. And these are the ones that ring the most true to me. And my thought was I'd write a little bit about my history with each one of these things in each blog and talk about how I've used, for example, filtering when I was in addiction and how it both hurt me, but also how I was able to shift my focus uh, from the filtering towards a more positive uh, way of thinking and seeing the world and seeing the things that are happening around me and, and how that affected my life in a positive way. Because I'd have to be honest in saying that I had to do that with each one of these core beliefs or these cognitive distortions in order to shift away from the addictions I've had uh, in such a positive way. And I also believe that those are some of the reasons why I tend to tout the idea of easy sobriety, which isn't often received very well in the sober community. But I think that they are a big part of it. Because as long as we use those distortions, we're going to continue to you know, think down on ourselves or think that we're not incapable of doing more or, you know, um, being in control of our actions and our lives, which is something I think we need to do in order to effectively come out of sobriety and recovery and move on in the world. So once again, I'm embarking on another series of blogs called Cognitive Distortions, and I hope that's something that may resonate with you and um, you'll follow along and see how some of my experiences may have similarities with some of your experiences and maybe uh, how I dealt with some of those things may be of help to you as they were for me. So thank you again for listening to my podcast and reading my blogs. I appreciate everybody's support. I'm getting really excited as I'm moving closer and closer to the launch date for my book, which is coming out April 29th. And uh, it's called Alcohol Free, Straight Up with a Twist. Um, and I'll be posting about that more and more as time gets closer. Thank you guys. Hope you're having a great uh, weekend. Stay safe, stay strong, stay sober. Thank you.